It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Welcome to the session. It's time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM. I am Scott, here with the King of the Cranium, Tom Russell from Heritage (laughs) Christian Counseling Ministries. Well, we are well into May. We are. Well into May, and that means it's getting to be wedding season. Yes, definitely. I have already done a wedding reception. Yes. One I didn't really know was coming, but... I promised her when she was in fifth grade I'd do her wedding, so I did. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, you're going to start getting those invitations in the mail and save the dates and all that stuff. And today we're going to talk to the happy couple. Okay. Or maybe to the parents of the happy couple. Yeah. About premarital counseling. And its importance. Yes, the importance of it. But before we get into all that, Tom, we're going to dive into God's Word. This is a shorter verse, but a really good and important one. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.21, I think this is a great blueprint for marriage, that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He didn't say, wives, just submit to your husbands, or husbands, submit to your wives. He said, submit to one another. When you are working on who you are in Christ, and you are trying to present the best version of you to your marriage partner every day, then submitting is not such a big deal. Yeah, and you'll notice mother-in-law is not mentioned in there. That's true. It is submit to one another, not to mother-in-law. Yeah. But that's another thing for another time, maybe <laughs> right. a whole other show in and of itself. <laughs> All right, so we're going to dive into, I, I guess from what you've told me here, this is kind of a almost kind of a, a compilation or a greatest hits of the benefits of premarital counseling from several different sources. Right, and what we want to say to the premarital couple of things that they want to know before they say I do. When should premarital counseling start? Well, I'd like, personally, I'm probably a different piece there. Because I'm a former teacher and I'm in counseling, I'd be okay with six to nine months ahead of time. Without question, that would be wonderful. You know, the pastor at times, bless his heart, he's got 14 things to do and eight different committees that he's on. So sometimes they say, you know, I'm going to do six premarital counseling sessions with you and that's it. And they do. I remember when my wife and I got married, we had three, kind of on the run. But then we had... <laughs> Well, you got married on the playground, so you had to do it between the teeter-totter and the swing set. So, That's true. <laughs> or while you're, while you're opening up your lunchbox. Yeah. But those, but why, why is it important that you think that that's, that time frame is necessary? Well, because we can cover more things. And one of the things that's so important for me at Heritage that I teach is the communication highway. And it helped the premarital couple develop their communication highway before they say, I do. So it also, we use prepare, which was mentioned in our notes. And prepare, we call it prepare because it prepares them for marriage. Now, see how 
basically. See, you're just the, that's why you're the king of the cranium and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but in prepare, there are a number of questions and areas that it covers. It talks about personality. It talks about habits. It talks about family of origin. It talks about communication. It talks about intimacy. So. 15 key areas that it talks about. So over that period of time, if you did the math, you did one section a week, that would be 15, but you really can't do one a week, maybe a half of one, if you really begin to teach about it and you get them on the highway. So now we could be talking about 30 weeks. So yeah, we can easily be looking at a six month mark. So we want to make sure we allow time. And you know, the other part that I see, Tom, is you want to allow for time for the couple to realize, oh, we've got something to work on and to give them time to work that out before they say they does. Yes. And it produces what I have seen to be a really neat outcome is it develops a relationship between the couple and myself. So if they get into the first couple of years of marriage and they have questions and struggles, they've developed a relationship where they feel safe to go and say, really, we fold a bathhouse how? <laughs> have you ever had a couple come in for prepare and go, I ain't going to marry you? I probably have had two or three where they did not make it through it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess better then. Yeah. Then after they say they does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's right. All right. So we're going to dive into these uh, uh, this collaboration of sorts. The first uh, first few things here are from uh, Christian Mingle. Correct. Okay. So let's dive into. I guess the first thing is the idea of forgiving. And that is so huge. And particularly if we're talking about Christian marriage, Scott, that we first embrace that we have been forgiven. When we receive that we've been forgiven and the importance of that, that it means we have eternal life because we've been forgiven, then it should empower us and facilitate forgiveness for us as we extend forgiveness to others. Well, if you don't forgive your marriage partner, then over a number of years, that begins to shut them down. It closes their spirit. Bitterness sets in. And eventually we get to the hardened heart and when we get there, the marriage is in serious, serious trouble. And it's a lot harder to come back from. Right. All right. So it facilitates humbleness, restoration, and it demonstrates love when you say you're sorry. Well, and that's true. And when we look again at our own forgiveness, it's because our God loved us so much that he sent his son so that we could have forgiveness. That's so powerful. So one of the things, too, is because it it does produce love, it also then produces restoration, how you feel more loved when it was important that your marriage partner said they were sorry or that they heard that you apologized and asked for forgiveness. They received it, and you feel closer. You know, after all these hundreds of years that we've been married, I always feel so good that if we've had a collision on our communication highway that my wife is is very forgiving, and I always appreciate and extend forgiveness to her as well. It's, it's just so powerful. Has Kathy ever said, I wish you'd never taught me about that communication highway because what I really want to say is... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've never really taught her. She's only, <laughs> She probably helped me create it in, in a lot of ways, but she's heard it through our show. She's supported marriage retreats that we've done together and and facilitated with me 
So because back when I went into counseling, when, when we were making the big decision between teaching and counseling for me, Kathy said she made me promise that I would never counsel her. I think I that makes some sense. I have that carved on the inside of my forehead. So I, guess. I was going to ask you about that little scar I see right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that I make sure that I don't. And for the most part, I really have. And well, I would think that would be hard to be a counselor and do counseling within the context of your own marriage. Right. I would think that would make it hard to differentiate working Tom from husband Tom. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I looked at her through clinical lenses and not biblical lenses, it would be catastrophic. But I want to love her as Jesus loved the church. And when you think about how Jesus loved the church, it really opens up the the door for so many different ways that we can love our wives. So in the session today, we're talking about premarital counseling and the importance of it. Your second point here, Tom, is to develop a support team. Now, this is one I know has meant a lot to you over the years. It sure has. And I want to encourage couples out there that they would identify a support team that would be with them, around them, and support them in their, not just until the wedding, but even after the wedding for the first few years and maybe uh, years down the road. I I have shared in, in previous shows how human development and marriage development follow similar tracks in research. So when you say I do, you're basically birthing a marriage. Well, it has, you know, it's, it has the same capability of keeping you up at night. <laughs> you know what? It can bring some frustration and lack of sleep and and things like that. It goes through growth spurts and, and it grows. So anyway, during its toddler years and its elementary years, to have a, a support system around you is incredibly important. And inside the church community, to have some identified folks in your church, it could be your circle group or your some call them small groups, or where you know that these people love you and they care about you. That was critical for Kathy and I early on. Awesome. Is it important that they be in the church, or can they be a uh, maybe it's a um, an uncle, uncle and aunt, or cousins in the family? Sure, is that okay too? Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. I offered to a couple of my different nephews that I would be willing, and maybe my one of our nieces. None of them took me up on it. I don't know why, but they'd yeah. rather see Uncle Tom than Counselor Tom. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you develop the support team, and you learn to forgive. Now, this sounds like a lot of work, but so in that in the course of that work, you got to have some fun. That's true, and I cannot stress enough having fun together that husband and wife know things that they would laugh at and you continue to make sure that's part of your relationship because when we talk about stress we talk about burnout well if we take burnout as an example one definition of burnout is that you don't have enough space in life to be a person so when that happens it's because you're not doing some of the things you used to do And consequently, you don't feel like you used to. Well, it's amazing when you might feel a little more irritated in your marriage. What's not going on that was going on? What are you missing? Well, oftentimes laughing and having fun and doing fun things together are really important. Believe it or not, Scott, there are people out there, I don't understand this, but it's true, (laughs) 
that there are actually people out there who feel guilt if they have fun. No. <laughs> Uh-oh. I just hit on one. No. How could you? Wow, I would think laughter's got to be a part of it somehow, whether you're laughing at the, you know, at the mess your toddler just made or right. um, or the mess the dog just made. Yeah. Which is easy to do if you're not the one that's got to clean it up. But right. you got to have laughter in marriage. Absolutely. Or you, you will go nuts. Yeah, it's the fun part where they feel guilt. Like, meaning we're going to go canoeing this weekend or we're going to take the afternoon and we're just going to go for bike rides and relax together. There are some people who feel horribly guilt about, guilty about now, that. Now, what would drive that? At the risk of digging down, a, here's our rabbit hole. Yeah, well, because they think they should be productive, they should be doing on a regular basis. There's a lot of work to do, so we got to stay at it until it's done. I was taught you get all your work done and then you can play. So that's what I was taught. Now all of a sudden, you know, the work has got us surrounded and there's more of it than we're going to ever get done in a given day. And you continue to hit the grindstone and you don't take that time. So that's where all of a sudden we're not having as much fun and maybe I'm a little more irritated and therefore I don't really feel like laughing a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. I could crack a joke about that or I could, you know, talk about the lighter side of that. Probably not going to do it. The dad jokes. Oh. Important for those to come out. Oh, yeah. At least in our house. Well, yeah. And so you laugh about stuff and, you know, poking fun at some of the, the very things that only you and your marriage partner know. And it's fun to them. When I'm sitting across from a couple of them that's sitting on my couch and it's so funny, I'll, I'll mention something and they'll both have a grin. I have no idea that it they may have that issue you just walked into the inside joke i did yeah and so then i when i pick up on that i say to one of them i say yeah i did get an email from your marriage (laughs) your wife or from your husband Uh uh-huh so we're going over premarital counseling today on the session and it's kind of a compilation of several things together this next thing here is from a guy named benjamin sledge who i'm assuming has no relation to the 70s disco group sister sledge but is the (laughs) three most important things to know before you ever consider getting married and so he starts out scott with marriage is a covenant it's not just a contract but it's a covenant so thus a covenant is not a legal contract that lays out terms but a mutual understanding that regardless of performance you're still all in regardless of performance We are talking here about unconditional acceptance, unconditional approval, instead of conditional acceptance and conditional approval. So it's a love that understands that the essence of marriage is a sacrificial commitment to the good of the other. It unites not just duty and passion, but emotions and promise. And so you're literally becoming one with this person in so many different ways. So it's a covenant that is in the same way that Jesus extended grace and mercy to us. We should be at the top of our list wanting to give grace and mercy to our marriage partner when it's appropriate. Now, your second one, I think a lot of people are surprised by. Right. Marriage will intensify your problems, not fix them. That's true. So... If it was an issue before you got married, the age-old thought is, well, 
after we get married, this will be different, and, and we won't do that. No, it'll still happen after you get married, but probably worse than before. <laughs> you know, I think the minute I read through this, I think about from the movie Frozen uh huh, and the trolls when they bring uh, uh, the, the guy and the girl together and they're singing the song Fixer Upper. Uh-huh. And the way to fix her up is to fix her up with you. Okay. And yeah, of course we know that didn't work in Frozen until later and it doesn't work in marriage today. It's True. just uh, that's your your second rabbit hole for the day. No extra charge for that. So, <laughs> that's good. Thank you for sharing. But yeah, that. well, you know. Yeah. Marriage puts all of your problems under a microscope and then intensifies them. And that's one of the reasons why statistically couples who live together first and then get married, what happens there is that all of a sudden when you talk about we're going to do this forever, then it puts a pressure on. People begin to feel the anxiety. And when anxiety is hitting, they're not reacting in the same way they were when they were no pressure and this is a, a convenient thing that we're doing. So it really is important that we want to realize these problems don't go away. You're you're living with those problems. On the session today, we're talking about premarital counseling, and we're going over here three important things to know before you ever consider getting married. Yeah. And this third point, Tom, is to <laughs> get your crap together before you get married because your past will come back to haunt you. Well, keep in mind that was Benjamin's words. Those not... are, yes, those are the words of Benjamin Sledge. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so get it together before you get married. Again, one of the thoughts is so close to my heart is preparing me for marriage. Well, for one, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that I am complete before I enter a wedding and get married. That's so critically important. But then it doesn't stop there. That's the important piece. Each and every day that you wake up and you're breathing, <laughs> that's a day that you want to present the best version of you to your marriage partner every day. And as I go before the Lord, how can I be a better husband? And my wife, how can she be a better wife? Then she is driven to be a better wife. I'm driven to be a better husband. So we have two givers in marriage, which grows them. It's... Here's one of those big words. We couldn't make it through the show, Scott, oh, without one. That it produces a synergistic relationship where two people are actually better people because they've been together than they would be apart. So that is critical to the growth process of the marriage, and it really makes it so incredibly successful because I go before the Lord about what am I doing that I can work on do a work in me. I don't pray, oh Lord, make sure the fruit of the Spirit are in my wife. No, <laughs> I pray that the fruit of the Spirit be present in me because now I can offer them in my marriage. I hear a lot of things in here, Tom, that is a lot like our relationship with Christ. Right. It's a growth process. It's not something that the day we became Christians, poof, right? we're all set. Mm -hmm. You know, the day we got married isn't poof and everything was right. Right. And that was the mistake I made. Uh -huh. I, I thought that the day we said I do and everything's roses and unicorns from then on out. 
<laughs> it took me about a month to figure out that was not the case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to realize, oh, there's going to be some work involved here. Yes, definitely. But growth, I really like the thought of. I'm not an advocate of saying that this is going to be work and there's going to be painstaking blood, sweat, and tears to grow this marriage. No, it's more about marriages grow and we invest in it. We grow in the Lord. We do things that prioritize our marriage so that we have a good time and we enjoy each other. And we benefit from, you know, the things I look back in our marriage of the quarterly getaways or semi-annual getaways that we did were so much fun. Date night, the marriage retreats that we attended, the marriage retreats that we facilitated, all of those were things that we took time out and we retreated from society and and the run of life that drives you bonkers. And we just relaxed. And we focused on and prioritized marriage and we looked at how we could grow. Those are the things that grow rather than, you know what, I told you not to do that, you still do it, now I'm ticked. What do you mean you didn't do the backyard? What do you mean (laughs) that grass isn't planted yet? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I thought we were going to paint the bathroom purple. Mm-hmm. You painted it green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know that's awfully specific. And no, that's not what happened in my house. Oh, that's good. Uh, no. So uh, we just can't agree on a color. So it hasn't been done yet. So <laughs> it's still just as white as the day we moved in. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, we're going to go into the concept of prepare as a premarital counseling tool next week. And. In the meantime, if there are some couples that are pondering getting married, maybe you just pop the question at Christmas, and now you're at the point of, okay, now we're working on setting the date, and we're trying to get the wedding done. Make a priority out of your premarital counseling, and talking with a Christian counselor can help you with premarital counseling. How can they get a hold of you to start the conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 